0: Mātauranga Māori is something that spans our culture, um, our values, our customs, or our worldview. Um, and some examples of those are things like mō tia tia, uh, the maramataka, uh, waiata, pepiha. There's a lot of ways that our ancestors um, kind of codified their knowledge, if I use that term. Um, and that knowledge is all throughout our, I guess, our oratory,
1: Kia ora, I'm Troy, here as CEO and welcome to Stirring the Pot. Thanks for connecting, if you're new, here's what you can expect. We're going to be talking the tough stuff, the things that keep us metalheads up at night. There are many challenges facing our industry and equally many opinions on how we should tackle them. Stirring the Pot provides a facilitated forum to discuss and challenge these viewpoints. So let's get to the nuts and bolts of it. Kia ora. I'm Kim, GM of Communications here at Hera. In today's special lockdown episode, we're talking with Mahonrai Owen, who is General Manager of Research and Enterprise at the Pūhoro Charitable Trust. His work at Pūhoro supports their focus on accelerating Māori student achievement in preparation for university study in the STEM workforce. Hey, Kia ora, Mohonrae. Welcome to Stirring the Pot. First off, cool white no Northier Who are you, and where are you from?
0: Uh so Kia ora, Owen Takuingoa. Uh here in Aotearoa, ah uh, Ngāpuhi, Rawa, ko toa, ngā iwi. Uh, so my name is Mahonrai Owen. I uh uh originate on my father's side from Ngāpuhi, um, in Tūfare and then from my mother's side, uh from Europe, but uh, they've been living here for a few generations, so bit of a mix.
1: Ka <laughs> pie, not too dissimilar to myself. I'm a mixed bag as well. <laughs> <laughs> so for the past five years, you've maintained an active research programme founded in Matauranga Māori and the intersection with engineering, uh, how would you explain Maturanga Māori to an engineer who has no experience with it?
0: Cool, great question. I, um, there's a few things that come to mind. First of all, I think I need a bit of a disclaimer. I'm by no way uh, an expert in Maturanga, so I definitely wouldn't claim that. Uh, but I do feel fortunate that my research has kind of lied on that interface between Western science and Maturanga. Um but as for the, the question, it really depends on who I'm talking to. Now, a, a lot of people will be will be happy with me saying that Maturanga Māori is is literally Māori knowledge. Um, but when you're at that interface space, you're usually talking to the inquisitive scientist or, or those people that have a lot of questions, so that's not enough. Um, and in those cases, I might say something along the lines of um Māori is something that spans our culture, um, our values, our customs, or our worldview. view. Um, and some examples of those are things like mō "Fai Koriro," whaikorero, uh, the maramataka, uh, waiata, pepiha. There's a lot of ways that our ancestors um, kind of codified their knowledge, if I could use that term. Um, and that knowledge is all throughout our, I guess, our oratory, our calendar systems, our songs, our, our toki, our proverbs and, and all those things. So within each of all of those, there's different categories and styles and even complex patterns, characteristics that kind of um, are all founded in, in Um and I, and I might also include things like whakapapa being a... I, I guess a really main part of it, knowing our genealogical lines, who we descend from. And it's a real way of, I guess, ordering the universe and our, our perspective on the world. Um, yeah, a bit rambly, but um, yeah, that's kind of the, the, the approach I would take, um, depending on who was asking the question.
1: Well, I mean, actually, you've probably brought up something that, uh, well, instinctually, I've always known, and, and I guess that that is that our Mātauranga is wrapped up in how we court it all about it, the stories that we tell, and all of those examples that you provided are, are, are different storytelling mechanisms, aren't they? Because I guess we just we didn't really write it down; it was um, passed on that knowledge through the way we tell tell those sorts of ideas to our. Atamariki, for example, you know, whether it is in some sort of a myth or a wayata or a song, um, that was that was how we we kept our knowledge alive. Um so yeah, just kind of yeah. snapped when you were giving all those examples, they're all very audio focused.
0: Yeah, yeah. 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 Not too dissimilar.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. Uh, I was just thinking when I remember my grandmother who who passed away not long ago she had just a wealth of information and knowledge and um you know there's a lot of our members of our and family that were gutted we didn't get get her in front of the camera to record all of that because there was some real uh, priceless treasures and all the things that she knew
1: well much the same for my whanau my nanny was oh she was absolutely so knowledgeable about the environment you know and I remember as a young kid she'd take us for walks and she'd be pointing out different plants to us oh you can eat that one oh don't get that one until this time oh you need to look at the moon for this to plant it and at the time I was like. Oh you know, nanny, I'm not really interested. And then now I look back and think, oh, gosh, my garden would be so much better if I'd listened to her stories in kōrero. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I get totally what you mean. So I yeah. guess coming back to that mātauranga Māori um, and, and how it connects into engineering, how, how do you think that is possible? Or why is it important for an engineer with no experience of mātaura, mātauranga Māori to understand it?
0: um that's a good question too I think um a lot of the answers there would lie in the the history of things in new zealand um so I guess in the past there's been from an engineering perspective i would say a real focus on on consulting rather than engagement when it comes to moldi uh more of a this is what we're gonna do no and we're going to go and do it um, rather than the early engagement saying this is what we're planning on doing would you like to be involved in, and what would that look like um, i'm not saying that's what it is like now but i know 15 20 years ago there would be i guess the consultation would be a letter that was written to the iwi and if there was no reply it meant you could go ahead with whatever you plan on doing which is real terrible um as we've moved on and as Iwi have you know, gone through that treaty environment of settling and, and receiving their lands back. They've got much more of a, an influence in geographical regions all over our country now. They they drive economy. Um, a lot of Iwi are getting to the point where they're involved in almost everything in their region. So in saying that, it's going to be a lot more common, and I think especially in the future, for engineers to have to engage uh, in a more, well, I guess, in a mutually beneficial way, and a culturally sensitive way, uh, where both both parties can come to the table. So, I think the question was, why is it important for them to understand Māori? I if an
1: if
0: an engineer is able to understand Māori. Or the aspirations of an iwi or why they think the way they do then that engagement process becomes a lot more meaningful and the outcomes will be a lot better so um, that's why i would say it's it's coming and it's really good to feel or to be prepared and competent and confident in that area where you're beginning to engage with maori
1: i think uh, it sort of ties back into Te Tiriti or Waitangi, the idea of having a partnership with Māori. Uh, but I, th- I think that some people would sort of think to themselves, well, what could an iwi contribute to an engineering project? You know, um, wh- why would I even need to engage with the iwi or understand their viewpoints in my design process? What would you say to that?
0: Um. Uh, I guess it it happens, it still does happen. Um, The first thing that comes to my mind, I haven't thought about this, I guess, in depth, but would be to to humble yourself, to realise that there are two knowledge systems here in Aotearoa and Māori is one of them. Um, And it's not any less valuable than, I guess, the Western counterpart. And it's not to say that one needs to fit inside the other or vice versa. It's just to say that there is value, and that the real benefits are going to come by trying to explore what the possibilities are, not from saying it's not worth it, and I'm not even willing to go down that path. So, um, I think the perspective of it needs to change. Um, there's definitely value in Maori. Um, but I guess that one's more of an internal view of someone thinking that it doesn't hold value.
1: Yeah, Yeah, No, I think, um, you know, I was thinking about it myself too and sort of trying to understand, you know, how those two worlds can cross over. And I was thinking of examples around the design elements and how we can tell... The stories of structures through the through the eyes of Māori, um, and and how maybe Mātātonga um, Māori could um, dictate, for example, the placement of a structure where it's best to go on a site because of you know um, what they've seen on that whenua and how how they've observed it to be you know that sort of insight is invaluable to a project and those are the kind of um, benefits that can be explored and shared if there is such a partnership.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That um that reminds me of a paper I was reading not too long ago from a guy named Dan Hikuroa. I'm I'm pretty sure that's the paper. Um but he used the Purako, and I think it was a Tuhoi example of a Tanifa along the river that they have there now at base value it might look like it's it's a story of the waters are dangerous stay away from it but behind it there was a whole uh, knowledge about the floodplains of that specific area and why marae were placed in that area and when floods did happen although a lot of residential housing housing was affected all the five marae in the area were actually fine. Um, mm. So there's that knowledge out there Um, but like I kind of said at the beginning it's it's codified it's it's I don't know if that's the right word it's it's there um, but when you start looking at it as just myth and just legend you start missing where the value could the be. The
1: deeper meaning yeah yeah yeah. Well, definitely I, I I can definitely see that and how it can influence design and thinking. And I know um recently a controversial letter was penned to the listener by uh seven profe- professors from the University of Auckland and they claim that Mato Māori is not science. Um, have you had a chance to have a look at that article?
0: Uh, I've seen, I've seen going around. Um, I've had a quick look at it. I, I, I got yeah. to see the interview and, and stuff like that. Following it,
1: yeah. How how did that article make you feel as a researcher who's working in the Maturanga Māori space?
0: Um, uh, so after I guess internalising it all, it's just sad. Um, I was a little bit. I don't know, I don't know if I should say angry, but frustrated that that it got so much airtime. Mm. I do remember in the interview, um, him starting off by saying he doesn't know much about Mataranga Māori, and um, I thought that's where it should have stopped. <laughs> um, so in all honesty, it should have just stopped there, but um, me thinking about it a little bit more not long ago, I was reading another paper that um, spoke about the amount of Maori represented in tertiary institutions and crown research institutes, and there were some of these institutions that hadn't employed a Maori for ten years in that's academic mm-hmm. place. And then I thought, man, that's how can that particular institution say that they are considering maturanga if they don't have anyone guiding máturanga? Um and the other institutes um, didn't fare much better and so i think without my people our people being there to guide it there's a lot of assumptions being made that shouldn't be people standing i guess kind of where they shouldn't be, Um, so I think that contributed maybe to that letter being penned, even though it shouldn't have been in my opinion, um, that there's not, that there's other things contributing to it, that there's not enough Māori academics out there representing Māori and they need to be more. So he, I think, his opinion might have been quite a bit uninformed. but i think his opinion made it too far
1: i have to agree it was quite sad to see the uh the distance that corridor travelled but yeah. what was refreshing was to see how many people in the science community stood up and said oh hang on no <laughs> I, I don't know i don't agree with this you know so that was great because i think yeah. that uh if you want to stand for something, you have to be part of that conversation and, and use your position to be able to say, hey, call it out, you know. Um, and, and it was really awesome to see that there were a lot of people who did that because doing nothing is really to be quite complicit in it itself. So I wondered, um, thinking thinking about that conversation, you know, how do you see mātauranga Māori um do you see it as science, and mm. if so, why?
0: Good question. I, um, I It's it's interesting because if we take maturanga maori as a whole knowledge system, we're talking about more than just one little subset of it. Um, and what I mean by that is if you're talking from that Western perspective, science might just be a little subset of the complete knowledge they have. Um, I know my director recently, on Te Ao Māori News said, science is indeed a subset of maturanga. There are things that can be quantified um, that our ancestors knew that are very accurate and belong in science and vice versa. But there's also things in our, in our mātauranga that can't be measured by science and vice versa. So, um, yeah, definitely you don't you don't traverse the ocean without having some type of science behind you and um and i believe my my ancestors both sides of my family, um maori and otherwise um were scientists so um yeah I, I think there's a big value in, in teaching our rangatahi that um they can be it's natural for them to be inquisitive um it's natural for them to be scientists so yeah i forgot the question but hopefully i answered it <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you you did. <laughs> so how do you think then uh understanding how they do connect into each other? How do you think the science community should respond to conversations like this? And what should they do to help bring this along so that people can start to understand a bit more and become a bit more informed?
0: Um Great question. I, I know there there are a lot, a lot of academics out there already. They want to converse at their interface. They want to learn, and their headspace is right, and they want to move things along. Um, but because of I, I guess barriers in our history and things that have siloed us in the past, it, it's really hard to do. Um, so more open conversation more understanding of, of, I guess, origins, more willingness to to understand that there's more than one way of doing things um, is, is a really good way to start.
1: Um, yeah. Absolutely. I know it's also kind of related to the mahi that you do with puhoro. Uh, so could you tell me a little about a little bit about Pūhoro and the mahi you do, and I guess what the goals are for that charitable trust?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, so about a year and a half ago, I was brought on to the Pūhoro kopapa which I felt very privileged to be a part of. Um, the reason why Pūhoro was developed, and this started in 2016, so we've got a few years behind us, was to disrupt the narrative. Uh, the narrative at the time, and still is today, is that Māori cannot achieve or participate in science. Uh, so the goal of Puhoro was to disrupt that narrative and say that scientists, it doesn't matter where they come from. It's, it was also saying things like, you can be Māori and you can be an engineer, can be Māori and a mathematician, and it's fine because you Mm. do belong in those areas Um, and so we do that by supporting rangatahi through year 11 12 and 13 of high school helping them transition into university and then into the world of work or or the stem industry so uh, at the moment we're very lucky to be looking after a thousand rangatahi in the program all over the country and um, these kids are amazing resilient um a few of them, not all of them, I look at and I'm like, man, you are so much better than I was when I was I was coming up through the ranks. And and I'm actually really happy that they're there because I can have confidence that when I'm old and can't do anything, um, they're gonna be the ones leading us. They're gonna be the ones that are just focusing on people and focusing on, on what's really important. Um <clears throat> so yeah, really happy to be part of the cohort of Co-Proper. Um, I find it really, really satisfying, uh, but at the same time, we're really looking forward to bringing through a critical mass of of young Maori scientists that can change uh, the STEM landscape, because uh, we know all too well that right now our kids can't see themselves in it.
1: Well, I had the privilege to attend one of the Puhoroa <laughs> events, uh, and it was Phenomenal to see all these young, vibrant people just enjoying themselves, connecting and connecting through science. It was a really amazing event, and they had like lots of different activities that pulled out that understanding of science, but in a way that they could connect with it. You know, um, through through and stories. It was it was really amazing to see the excitement in their eyes, the rangatahi's eyes, I I really found it inspiring. It's it's a fantastic initiative. I was curious to understand from your viewpoint, in terms of the statistics for Māori and STEM, uh, they are extremely low. Why do you think that is and what needs to happen to encourage more Māori into STEM?
0: Uh, great question, um, so the last <clears throat> kind of official report through NBIE was done a few years back and it said that the STEM industry, the science industry was represented by around 1% Māori meaning only 1% of the workforce was Māori, um, 20 years later we're not doing much better. Mm so um there there are a whole bunch of reasons, and I think there'll be probably a whole nother three or four podcasts probably about why that's happened and why it's continuing to be the case um but you can really see that there's well it feels in the position where I am, like there's a movement towards trying to fix that. Um, we'd hope that Puhoro is a catalyst and and it has been. And and we believe it will continue to be um, in getting our kids involved in science, and staying in science. Um, so more initiatives um, like pūhoro, more kids in pūhoro, more support for pūhoro. All those types of things would be um, something we'd love to see. Um, because we'd love that to was support. a good plug.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I believe it though.
0: So I'm, I'm yeah, I believe it. Um,
1: I absolutely believe it too. I've seen firsthand how it makes a difference. So I I think you're right. And I've had lots of conversations with some of our members from the metals industry, and they often say, look, I'd really like to support. I I think part of the breakdown is is that they're not too sure how to, or what Mm. they can do. And Perhaps that's also another way that we can help to better encourage um, the uptake by somehow arming industry to understand better what they can do to help improve that.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um, I mean, anyone listening to the podcast, please feel free to reach out. We have kids, Rangatahi, that are ready and willing that we've been looking after for years. And if they see the right opportunity or are exposed to the right thing, they could fly. Um, One, I guess, if I could give an advice to to those industries would be, um, we look after these kids really well. So when we are about to give them off to someone for an internship over the summer, they've got to be on point as well. So there needs to be effort. From the side of our partners to be able to take these kids on, to support them, not just pastorally or financially, but culturally too. There needs to be some people within your organisation that understand that. Um, so, so I guess that would be the advice: bring on some people that can really look after our kids. Because um, when we know that's the case, you, you you take as many of them as you want.
1: I love that. I think it brings up a good point, though. It's that Māori see the world maybe a little bit differently. You know, we we do see it quite metaphorically. As, you know, when you listen to how we speak into the Māori, you know, we, we we're kind of poets, not to blow smoke up ourselves, but we we see the world differently, and um, we we are so connected to the whenua, to our whakapapa, um, to, to to our Māori, really, everything around us. And so when we go to work, we're not just going to work. We're, we're looking at work through those eyes. And so if there's bits that are missing, uh, we disconnect too because we think, oh, you don't care about the same things that we care about. Mm-hmm. And so... It's a different way that maybe businesses need to look at uh, the way someone's culture, and not just necessarily Māori, but we are talking about Māori today, but how someone's culture can impact the way they think and operate. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a
0: great point. It reminds me of of all the stories I've heard about, um, I guess, our people not feeling like they're represented in a specific area. They don't see themselves there they're not encouraged towards there so why would they go there um i remember uh being told that i'd be a better off as a rugby player and um I was like, oh. but i think because of my nature i was like nah i'm gonna do what i wanna do you're not you're not gonna choose that for me um so yeah seeing ourselves our people seeing ourselves in all of these different industries needs to be I guess maybe prioritised a little bit heavier. If you want us, then you need to consider things like that.
1: I think there's also the other side of the coin to consider as well. I know that here we created a scholarship yeah. um, opportunity for our rangatahi, uh, targeting Māori to get them into engineering, uh, hopefully work in there as well. Mm. And um, we we don't see very many of our rangatahi putting their hands up for those opportunities. Mm. And, and that has been a learning experience for us that, A, maybe the way we're pitching that is not connecting, uh, but also that there's some work to be done to really build up this feeling that, yes, you could be in STEM which is yeah. essentially what you're trying to do with Pooh.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's um I should say thank you for those opportunities because I know a lot of those scholarship opportunities have come to our Pooh Tawida, who have been really grateful for for those opportunities that you've given. Um but yeah, great, great point. Um I mean, something definitely worth discussing.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. And um I know that. You have recently slightly changed the term or, or coined a new term in STEM, mm. and it's STEM with a double M, S T E M M. Tell us what that is and mm. what that is, invites us to consider. Ooh,
0: great question. Um, so, I guess traditionally, what people are used to are STEM, science, technology, engineering, and maths. Uh, what? the next M stands for is mātūranga. Um, so it's important to say that that even though mātūranga is this knowledge system and would sit on top of STEM, um, there's still a lot of power in, in, including Māori knowledge within the STEM space. Um, so it's it's a representation of us transforming the landscape of STEM by adding maturana to it, adding a, a wonderful tauida to it. Um, so it's a real exciting space and uh, we're just real optimistic about the next few years ahead of us about what our kids can potentially do in that space.
1: I love it. Do you have any sort of new initiatives on the horizon that you're working on or you're just sort of focused on what your current co kaupapa is?
0: Cool. So um, Right now, um, and and this is from our director, she said that the pūhoro Kopapa will remain pure until every Māori knows and that, that narrative is disruptive. So every Māori knows and is supported into STEM if that's where they want to go. Um, so we've got a, a big pathway ahead of us, there's still a, a lot of rangatahi out there that we need to reach. Um, so we'll continue to progress forward and our co-papa and bring as an Rangatahi on that journey with us as we can. So um there will always be new partners and new things that we've we've got going on, but, but our focus will always be the Talih.
1: So there you go. Thanks for joining our conversation with Mohan Rai today. If you'd like to connect more with him, you'll find his details in the show notes. It has to be said that this conversation today was absolutely sparked by the controversial letter mentioned in the podcast. Ken to the listener, it saw seven University of Auckland professors claim mātauranga Māori is not science. At HERA, we believe we have an obligation to give light to this conversation, not only in terms of honouring titility, but also so we are living by our values. One of which is to have respect and be seekers of diverse perspectives. Not saying anything is to be complicit. And in this case, such behaviours and comments need to be called out. As Indigenous rights advocate Tina Ngata wrote, if there is one thing this particular incident reminds us of, it is that there is a need to decolonise first. To decolonise the science systems before we can create a safe space for maturanga and indigenous knowledge. This is a reminder that this space is not yet completely safe. Food for thought till we see you next time. So hit subscribe, let's spread the word. If you liked what you heard today, you may be interested to know more about our research to investigate the interface between Maturanga Māori and Construction 4.0. As far as we're aware, it's the first time it's been investigated and we believe it'll lead to valuable insights and recommendations for future work. You might also be interested to join our Māori and engineering working groups so collectively we can raise the mana of Māori in our industry. You'll find details of both initiatives in the show notes.